DW. The 77%. I enjoy working from home because I get to wake up anytime that I want. I would really love to encourage employers to let their workers work from home because you save time driving to the office, you save time chit-chatting nothing with your colleagues. Several young people in Africa now believe working from home should become a way of life. But is working from home working? We hear from a South African youth how it could affect productivity. It's not an easy one considering that uh, companies, schools or institutions are not really providing what's necessary, what's needed to, to make working from home uh, actually productive. When you're working from home, it's issues of internet, with Wi-Fi's, we don't have those things. On this week's 77% show, DW's Alex Jita in Uganda further expounds on this topic with young people from different walks of life. I am Mimi Mifu, your host for today. Good day and welcome to the 77%. On this show, young Africans are given the opportunity to debate topical issues affecting them and their continent. The coronavirus pandemic is still a major threat on the world stage. In Africa, the number of infections are low, but things could change rapidly according to World Health Organization's projections. As countries on the continent continue to tie up safety measures to curb infection rates, working at home, which became an alternative practice by employers and employees, has continued to prevail. As the digital world takes over face-to-face -face interactions in the business setting, one question worth pondering is, has this become the new normal? In the restive town of Bamenda in the northwest region of Cameroon, some young people in the public and private sectors have now been forced to work from the confines of their homes as a barrier measure to keep COVID-19 at Abbey. It has affected profit margins and frustrated economic ambitions of several youths, as DW's Jiang Maringongsong reports. I own a small enterprise. Stephen Gang is a business entrepreneur in Bamenda. He has succeeded in building a marketing business setup for five years since graduation from school. The outfit employs about close to 200 young people who now look up to him for a gainful employment as many youth roam the streets looking for jobs. His business was doing well until the outbreak of COVID-19. Ngang says the pandemic has affected his business than what is now known as the Anglophone crisis in the English-speaking regions. His employees can't go to work as before Ang has now been forced to operate from home just to survive. He tells me his outfit now has been forced to survive through the social media. The crisis had limited our activities to just Bamenda as we could no longer access the villages due to the tension. Now COVID-19 has come and has made the situation even worse. We are trying to create the WhatsApp groups and other social media platforms to see how we can make some sales by packaging and delivering through bus agencies. I met with Equi Asumta, a young accountant in Bamenda. She tells me she now works from home 
due to COVID-19, but constant power outages in the town and poor internet connection have left her frustrated. I am an accountant with a firm here in Bamenda. My job description entails I move really to divisions and check on the business activities. Now, with the outbreak of this COVID-19, I've been compelled to work from home. I'm now forced to call branch managers on phone to send me weekly reports via emails. Even at that, it's not easy. Frequent power blackouts makes me to be frustrated as I can't reach out to various managers and they can't send in any information. A young female journalist, Pedmia Shetu, who works for Data Cameroon, says her job stands a credibility threat as COVID-19 has made it difficult for her work out of home. In fact, checking when you do one-on-one um, -on -one contact, you have follow-up questions. But doing it online, people prefer to send you WhatsApp notes. And once they send, you send a follow-up question, they might not be online, they might not be able to react, they might be the midst of something, so it really gets frustrating. Fiscal distancing has been described as one of the barrier measures that can prevent the spread of COVID-19 but it comes with a high cost on the youths. They now have to adjust work and lifestyle until the coronavirus pandemic is tackled. That was Jean-Marie Gongsong reporting from Cameroon's restive town of Bamenda. But does home office guarantee productivity? In South Africa, that tops the chart in the number of COVID-19 cases and deaths, some youths have expressed mixed views on working from home. I enjoy working from home because I get to wake up any time that I want, get my work done, and I avoid driving in the morning in the traffic. I would really love to encourage employers to let their workers work from home because you save time driving to the office, you save time chit-chatting nothing with your colleagues. Otherwise, you get your work done in time and you are still in the comfort zone of your own house. It's not an easy one considering that... Uh companies, schools or institutions are not really providing what's necessary, what's needed to, to make working from home actually productive. When you're working from home, it's issues of internet, with Wi-Fi's, we don't have those things. For a person like me who's doing entrepreneurship, able now to do my marketing online, it needs a person to adapt to the new normal, which is marketing online and other stuff. Of course, the usual setbacks that we have, the issue of not having enough space to work from home. I'm also thinking of trying to get maybe a, a bigger space. The advice that I can give to other people need to be taught just to, to know how to manage uh, timelines in terms of submission of their work and what have you. It becomes difficult because somewhere, somewhere, let's say, for an example, myself, I'm in construction, there's a way you need to feel a touch of whatever that uh, you're talking about and all that. Because now you're discussing things with the engineers, they are sitting there, they don't see what is happening and all, all of that. Those were reactions from youths in South Africa. Can human motivation be eventually affected by long stay at home? Are all communities in Africa able to cope with this change should the pandemic last longer? And what can African youths do to transform home working to their advantage? Alex Jita now joins us from Uganda with a rich panel of young people engaged in different activities to dissect this topic further. Over to you, Alex. Hello. With me, I have Linesh Nabasa, an admin assistant, Jonan Kabigumira, an IT consultant. I have uh, Mr. Kenneth Rukwago, a journalist, 
David Bagambaje of Tufumbe Limited, the CEO, and myself, Alex Jitter, for the next uh, a few uh, minutes to talk about this COVID pandemic and how it has affected our routines at work. Let me start with you, Mr. Bagambaje. What do you do at Tufumbe Limited? Uh, Tufumbe Limited is an e-commerce platform that uh, distributes products all through Uganda and mainly specializes with kitchenware. So normally people order for items and we are able to deliver. Okay, how do they place their orders? The orders are placed online through our website, our social media platforms, and uh, some come through calls. So COVID-19 affected the whole world, but Uganda specifically, the country was locked down in March. Yeah. So that's, that's been like four months now. How has this pandemic affected your work at Tufumbe? We've come to realize that actually the most important people in the structure, we've had to lay off a few people because they are limited in terms of transportation. And right now we are working from home. We are able to communicate through phone. And uh, we've uh, come to trust more our employees and uh, the fact that they will come through with what is expected of them, though we are challenged with uh, transport, but we are still able to work. But you have people working from home or working away actually from you. You do not have um, a physical office operating right now because of the restrictions placed by the government. How do you monitor them to make sure that they do and they deliver 100% of what's expected of them. It is uh, strenuous in that you have to constantly check on people remotely and sometimes you don't know what they are doing or they are completely doing something different. It takes, it requires more supervision than it was before. Let me bring in Jonan. Uh, you, you are an IT consultant, but you also work for a multinational company. How is your job like? So as an IT consultant, uh, basically we have companies that we support uh, with the software implementation and uh, overseeing their technological infrastructures and the likes. Before this, we used to have uh, quite a number of interactions. You go on site and uh, you check out servers, computers, install software, install hardware, and so on and so forth. This COVID uh, period kind of changed that because we have very many people operating from home and uh, because of the policies that the government has put in place to social distance and the rest, you're unable to actually go physically on some of these locations. So we kind of lost some of the clients that we had for the time that we've been in the lockdown. And uh, we have had to adapt and be relevant into the current ways of working for all other companies to be able to survive during this period. You're still listening to 77% coming to you from Kampala City here in Uganda. Let me bring in Lynette Nabasa. What do you do? I take care of the people in offices and uh, it's real management of employees in office. So now they are not working. Do you still have your job? That puts me in a space where I still also doubt if the job is still there. But the work still comes in and we handle as it comes in because our office was good enough to give us laptops and uh, data to work from home, which is really good. So whenever work comes, I do work. But it's not as when I was at the station. 
Thank you so much, Lynette. Let me bring in someone from um, a familiar field. Mr. Lukwago Kenneth, you are a journalist. I wonder what kind of journalism are you doing at home, Mr. Lukwago? At the moment, because there are these restrictions, I am forced to work at home and uh, basically collecting information, editing sound bites, writing stories, and just sending them out to the media outlets. I'm using WhatsApp, reaching out to some of the news sources and asking them to send me information, looking for information that has been published on websites and simplifying it for a listener to be able to understand it. Yes, Kenneth, when you say that you collect information on WhatsApp and other platforms, don't you think this takes away a little bit of uh, the journalist in you because it has taken away this face-to-face -face interaction and maybe you can't ask the questions you have wanted to ask well of course when it comes to an interview it's beyond uh, just picking somebody's voice some information can be collected by the way the person expresses themselves but also the ability for an interview to progress well there needs to have a face-to-face -face interaction like you rightly said but in this regard sometimes you're getting limited information sometimes when luck is on your side the person that you are trying to interview using whatsapp is able to give you detailed explanations of of the things you want so it's like you are at the mercy of the other person across the other side to be able to provide you the relevant information that you want so the interview sometimes is not conclusive but because of the limitations we have you have to work with the information the little information that you've gathered to be able to file that particular story that you think will benefit the listeners but of course it's a hassle it's something that you must in fact, innovate around to be able to get the relevant information you want. Jonathan, let me come back to you before I bring in David. After COVID, is there any lesson that you've learned in the past four months that you think you're going to take with you after COVID and improve on your business? Yeah, so definitely there have been quite a number of learnings uh, from structuring the organization to structuring work and all these are changes that we have to sit down and incorporate in our day-to-day uh, -day working even after the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. So like I said, we lost some clients whom we used to support with the more physical presence kind of work things. But we have also had to diversify and uh, bring start offering services that don't require physical presence. So more remote work, so to say. So things like graphics design, web design we had to originally have them under our portfolio in the services we offer but now we have had to branch out and uh, let's say we are adapting i think it's one of the things that we have had to think about in our business mr bagambaji let me put the same question to you any lessons going forward i must say that covid has increased our recognition people have realized the need for our service we no longer have to advertise as much as we used to the downside is uh, sometimes we are overwhelmed by the orders and the capacity that we have at the moment to service the orders. But the big lesson that we've taken out of this is to invest in um, infrastructure in terms of apply more IT to what we do. Miss Lynette Nabasa, you mentioned earlier that you're not sure about your job. Do you think that this... COVID has taught employers many, many other ways of cutting down on costs, more especially on human resource. 
Oh yes, I do believe that because uh, most companies, most employers have seen an opportunity for people to work uh, from home because they are saving on most of the things. For example, right now we are not paying for meals. Most companies do rent their facility. So they are not paying for that rent. So most companies will, will use this opportunity to invest in IT than having physical people in office and spend on them the way they've been spending. Okay, Kenneth Rukwago, are you as scared that maybe uh, you may lose your job after COVID? The only impact that uh, I fear for my job is probably a reduction in what I actually have been earning before COVID-19 came because that is what most employers are actually doing. They are cutting down on the amount of monies they are paying their workers, the salary, and therefore uh, it's something that is going on across the board. But also COVID is going to significantly change how the media platform in Uganda actually operates because uh, most things are now being done online. You find so many journalists working on laptops and um, acquiring smartphones that would actually help them to do their work because they are not going to be physically present at the individual media houses where they are working from. So obviously there will be an impact in terms of how we do our work as journalists and also what actually people are earning as their salaries. Thank you so much, Kenneth. And uh, finally, Junan, what would be your advice to young people across Africa on uh, uh, maybe starting their own jobs rather than looking for jobs from uh, potential employers? It's a norm in uh, the African society that we have to go to school, get this certification, and then branch out and do just that which we have probably studied. I think they need to diversify and broaden the scope that they're looking at. You need to be able to do anything in this day and age and you need to think outside the box you need to re-innovate the way you work even if you want to stick in a field like journalism or anything you need to innovate around how much more can i do in this in this line of work that i've chosen to do so we need to be able to learn to unlearn and also to relearn thank you so much janan unfortunately that's all the time we had for today's edition of 77 percent here on Deutsche Welle. i had Lynette nabasa an admin assistant janan kabigumira an it consultant i had kenneth rukwaga journalist in uganda and mr wagambaji david of tofombe limited he is the ceo thank you so much for joining us thank you alex jita for that wonderful debate and thanks to all the panelists we appreciate those who took time to react on our DW Africa Facebook page. Chimweka Omabe from Nigeria, for instance, says there is no electricity even in the capital city, Abuja, and all they can do is loot treasury and burn it. And according to Joseph Sewell, internet costs are not favorable in Uganda. Let's continue with the debate on day. It is happening on our DW Africa Facebook page. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. It's been a pleasure having your company. Remember, you can listen to the 77% show by visiting dw.com forward slash 77. We are also discussing this topic on our Facebook page, DW Africa, like I said earlier. Also catch up with other interesting topics on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash DW Africa. Until next time, I am Mimi Mefo and bye for now. <laughs>